Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, deep inside the secret bee cave, it's Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham. Uh, before we, we talk about the Bobby Slowick stuff that he said on Stroud, which, I mean, we don't play tons of sound, but I don't love what Bobby Slowick had to say about CJ Stroud, some excuses he's making. Uh, Lamont is listening in. Lamont, uh, I guess he heard Bad Take Boulevard, the, the comment. We have a board here. Let's peel back the curtain. We have a board here that... Uh, Usually, an intern fills out. Sometimes it's Joe. Whoever's answering the calls that day will fit. Will fill the the things on the board. <laughs> They'll have the the name of the person who's calling. They'll have the location of the per, like where the person's calling from, and then what they want to talk about. So Alex is is manning the phones today. He was an intern. He's done a great job. Alex is great. He's going places. Has tons of potential. He called Blankers Ron for about three weeks. Rob my, and Ron on my, back to back days, which, which was my favorite thing about Alex. If I'm being completely he honest, you Joel. He did call me Joel. There you go. That's a three play. <laughs> That's right. Yep. yep. You're welcome. He did. I forgot that he called me Joel, but he called Blankers Ron for about two to three, Ron and Rob for two to three weeks. He, called, he, he I walked in one day. He goes, what's up, Joel? I was like, that's not my name. Uh, how are you, Alex? But anyways, Alex is, is his final day for us. So I think he's interning for somebody's show tomorrow. But Alex White filling House. out who? The White House. He's always filling out the White House. He'll fit right in. Uh, Alex, the name on the board says Lamont, not Lamont, which Lamont, maybe your wife calls you that. The location says Mole City. It says Mole City, not Mo City. It says Mole, M-O-L-E City with a question mark on it. Then it says something in parentheses, no clue, maybe? So Lamont for Mole City. You're in the hive with the killer bees. Lamont is. <laughs> Love it. That's a good hey, nickname man, for you. I want to talk. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about John McClain, man, because uh, a part of the reason I'm not talking about you guys or anybody from 97.5, or, or maybe I am talking about people from 97.5, because it seems like everybody has given, it seems like everybody has given this dude his flowers, and uh, uh, no one wants to say anything bad about him, but he's crap, man. I mean, uh, in terms of media and, and what that dude can can provide for me, and I'm talking about John McClain, in terms of what he can provide for me, he reminds me of Lovey Smith running a 1945 system in, in, in 2023. He's, I try to call myself and not saying anything, you know, real negative. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Lamont. Go, go, go for it. No, well, okay, then, okay, if you want me to go all the way in, he's completely useless, man. He's a relic. Uh, he's a relic. He doesn't provide anything uh, uh, to, uh, to the city of Houston. He would do a better uh, justice inside of Nashville, Tennessee, because he's he, he's neck deep inside of uh, uh, in Nashville, all of or whatever they name is. The dude just, hey man, you know how to um, you know how uh, Michael Jordan retired the second time and came back and went to the Wizards. That dude, uh, 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 and, 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 and then that was the last thing that we had to think about, Jordan, was with the Wizards. With John McClain, okay, the last thing that we thought about John McClain was crap. Now, this iteration of John McClain is even crappier, man. It, it's faint. <laughs> no offense to faint. Bye. <laughs> See, Bye. <laughs> Lamont also needs to be reminded that I haven't held back any chance I've been able to be honest about John McClain. Yeah. But the biggest one, too, was... Back when Salisbury was still here at the station, and then even after he left and we talked about it, John McClain went on the air and was adamant that it, not only was Aaron Rodgers not a Hall of Famer, that he might backdoor his way in at some point. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how did you even concoct 
that as a possibility. And Salisbury's like, no, he didn't really say that. Then Salisbury asked me, he goes, no, he really said that. I was like, this dude kills me because he is an everyday NFL guy, and he had that take. He's got some bad takes. He's got some bad but takes. But he's so much better on baseball now. <laughs> I think we're uh, I think we're pretty critical of McLean on this show. For if I do the invitation one more time honest. today, I'm going to be you. My now, voice is going to be... Now, to be fair, I, I do think that you have to tip your cap to years of service at the job. Like, he was covering the football beat in the city for a long, long time. time. And you, I, I respect that. I do respect, respect that. respect the hustle, too, because to Lamont's point, not only when the Oilers left, but even after the Texans came into the league, he was double-dipping. He had... He had deals to do shows and doing everything he was doing in Nashville. I don't, I don't mind that either. And I don't I'm mind saying, that hustle. Credit to him because he was getting paid, from what <laughs> I've heard, really well compensated for doing Tennessee hits and Tennessee radio and a lot of things in Tennessee. And then he was doing, you know, the Highway to Hell and he was doing the the Chronicle and he was he was killing it. Yeah, yeah he was. I mean, I, re- I respect, he I respect Jordan his on the Wizards. He's not wrong either. <laughs> now, now I respect the career. But nothing Lamont said. Hey, was Jordan wrong. still dropped forty-five. On, I detect as a no lies. One time. I detect no lies from Lamont. Uh, I love how he was like, "I'm going to hold back," and like, "No," he's like, "Okay, fine." He's like, "Just go, no, just go." <laughs> Lamont, for it, dude. I, I didn't know Lamont had a filter anyway. If Lamont was from <laughs> Mole City, that means he had sources that were giving him extra information on this. I didn't know Lamont had chill anyways. Like, I, I didn't know that he was had the ability to restrain himself. Uh, I had a buddy yesterday actually text me. He goes, you know Lamont. I was like, yeah, I know, him. I know him through Twitter. I've never met Lamont, which I, I would love to have the uh, the honor. Uh, first, you know, been on me, Lamont. You have you? Yeah, met next on play. Friday. Yep. Come on, come Lamont. on to drift. We have white white linen night preview. Uh, Lamont, come on, hang out with us. Um, but he, my buddy, my buddy texted me. He's like, this Lamont man on Twitter. He's got he's got no filter. I was like, and I love it. <laughs> I was like, I, and sometimes we're in the crosshairs of Lamont's oh, non filters. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then but I, I love he listens it. every day, and some days he decides the different show is 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 better than us and his favorite and then he comes right back you're hanging on to that but you know lamont knows that i i mean i see lamont, things too lamont got some flowers from the twitch poor marine lamont is a great american king of twitch get him lm uh e thank you for your service lamont so lamont that was um the twitch at least liked what you had to say uh 713-780-ESPN call them lovey smith do you guys remember Not a bad media comp. watch yeah, of course. Yeah, Lamont, Craig Shelton, they they look, they had a lot of people's eyes and ears when they were doing that on a daily not on a daily basis, but a weekly basis when they were literally the the eyes and the ears of not just sports but sports radio and and broadcasters and they would call people out. Yeah, they, they did, including Vince Wilfork's uh, wife. They called her out as well. Uh, which I don't want to be in the crosshairs. Did they or did uh, Teddy? Teddy. They brought it to Teddy life. Ball game. Teddy Johnson. Uh, yeah, Teddy yeah. Johnson did, and then they brought it to life, and it went massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Slowick, Texans offensive coordinator. Look, CJ Stroud. Now today, reports are I wasn't out there, but reports are CJ Stroud did better today than he has in camp. Hasn't had a great camp, which he shouldn't. He's a rookie quarterback. Let's temper our expectations. But here was an excuse from his offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, that made me sick. The first thing I've seen is that it's really hot in Houston. And I know that's like there's challenges that come with that. You know, making sure that um, you know how to handle the heat. You know how to handle the challenges of a wet ball. You know how to handle the challenges of a center who maybe just ran four run plays in a row and 30 yards down the field. And, you know, he's a little greased up. You know, and having answers and preparation for that is a big part of just being able to handle the environment. Then on top. Is this a valid excuse? A greased up center can't handle a wet ball, sure and that it's hot. Put that on Bad Houston. Take Boulevard. It's Thursday. Like it, this is this Bobby Slowick's 
for his rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, said it's hot in Houston, the ball is wet, and his center is lathered up. What? I'm bothered by it. I don't like to hear my offensive coordinator, one, making excuses for the rookie quarterback, and then that the excuse is that it's hot in Houston? That's pretty weak. This is the NFL. I mean, do you guys remember when David Carr that year said that he had, because he was wearing two gloves, and it wasn't snowing or cold, and they wanted to know why, and he goes, look where I have to put my hands, and then when you know that it's just so wet down there, and it's down there, that's where I, why I wear gloves, and people are like, what? You're a, you're a quarterback. What are you talking about? This reminded me of that because it's like, what are you doing? Why are we even talking about this and drawing attention to this? If you could throw and you can run, be a quarterback, you could be a quarterback, that ain't factoring in. You know what I want to hear there? Look, because everybody knows that, that Stroud has struggled a bit, and he should. Be, he should struggle. He's a rookie. Like, he's going to struggle. He's going to struggle in 17 games this year. It's the it's the reality of the NFL. You hope you see the promise that, you know, this guy's going to be a franchise quarterback. And frankly, I, I, I think that he's going to be good. I think C.J. Stroud's going to be good. What I want to hear is that C.J. Stroud's a rookie. He's learning every single day. He struggled so far. I don't want to hear his offensive coordinator saying it's hot outside, the football is wet, and his center is greased up. It's excuses. Yeah, it really is. I don't need to hear excuses. I, I expect Stroud to struggle. This is stuff you hear from blue Kool-Aid drinking blog sites. This is not stuff you hear from an offensive coordinator and a coach that is expecting to get everything out of C.J. Stroud, and, and he is expected to be a guy that develops him. I get it that, you know, you're all in the same staff in the same locker room, the same payroll, that you're going to try and pump him up. It ain't this way. It, it, it's by coaching him up. It's by understanding that in, in it, we've said this over and over again, a rookie starting quarterback in the NFL does not do well. You're going to have to look for a little moral victories. But you don't need your coaching staff throwing this out for you. Dre, who's a contrarian Dre uh, lately, when is it hot inside of NRG? That's not the point. It's the principle that you have an offensive coordinator making awful excuses for a rookie quarterback. Is he struggling with snaps? Is that what the point I haven't, was? I haven't noticed that, by the way. Because that's kind of like... like I think it's more maybe on the throw. You mean like fumbles and, and, well, and the transfer? He didn't, he didn't take him in college. Like He didn't take yeah. direct snaps under He's center. Shotgunning. I haven't noticed shotgun, so that's what it like. It kind of felt like he was talking about there that like basically a center has swamp ass and he's fumbling the ball. I haven't noticed that. I haven't noticed him having struggles holding on to the football. Anything? So that's why I guess I was confused a little bit about like what the see. I didn't even think about that. The purpose of the comment was, but I think he's making excuses. I I agree with Jeremy. I agree with Jeremy. I think it's just that's a. It's hot. I hope it's just a young coach is just like trying to stick up for his guy and doesn't really know how to do it. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He said greasy. By the way, not swamp ass. That'd be grease. Yeah, but I feel like that's what he meant. Definitely grease, meant grease that. cheeks and swamp ass aren't something that we need to be talking about. Like, I think that's what he meant. He ran a couple when he ran up and down the field. Is what he said or whatever. Couple, four, four straight running plays. He, I mean, he said that dude can't even read. Why are y'all so mean to CJ Stroud? Why are y'all making y'all low S two E jokes about CJ Stroud? Come on, Twitch, be better than that. We're not going to read stuff like CJ can't read and the dude can't even read and. Eh. You have Junior Broncos again with his second burn at CJ. The plays are just colors for CJ. Come on, Junior Broncos. We're not going to sit here and talk about CJ Stroud having potentially low S2. Come on. 713-780 ESPN, HRP uh, listener line. There was one other thing Slowick said about Stroud. Maybe we'll get to that on the other side. We'll see. Uh, but one thing that we have heard about Bobby Slowick from these players is how complex Slowick's scheme is. Is that good? Is that bad? Throw in the rookie quarterback aspect, no matter what Junior Broncos and E say about the S2 score from C.J. Stroud. Is that good or bad? 
with how complex Slowick's scheme is. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We got some uh, excuse defenders on the Twitter and the text line. Blackbeard says, uh, as someone who played quarterback in Houston, sick flex. Uh, the greasy center is 100% an issue you have to get used to. With CJ working from the shotgun almost his whole career, I can see this being a thing. I haven't noticed that being a thing. I have not seen bobbled Wait a minute. Exchange, like snap exchanges. I've not seen bob like fumbles on the handoffs. The only time that like a CJ Stroud wet hand or any sort of um, sweat being an issue is accuracy. And quite frankly, Stroud's accuracy has been fine. You it's been that, decisions, trying to mix it into traffic, things like that. the back of your hand? Yeah. Yeah, it would be the back of your hand, but that shouldn't affect your grip or your release. Well, or maybe your... his hands are sweaty. Palms are sweaty already. Um, you know, mom's spaghetti, yeah. vomit on his sweater, yeah, things call. like that. Yeah. So maybe his hands being wet is leading to some errant throws. Look, if I if this was a real excuse, excuse, then they would have used this for Brock Osweiler, Watson, Carr, Fitzpatrick. Or wear Yates. gloves. Carr used it later in his career, yeah, with the gloves. Like, wear gloves. I've never heard this for a Houston quarterback before. It's ridiculous. Is it, are they Clayton Toon? Would Clayton Toon agree? I doubt it. Like it's not a real excuse. Some of the there's the, the text lines divided nine nine eight two. What's so bad about that? What's so bad about that? Question mark. Uh, I'm fixing this on the fly. Uh, both of them are coming to Houston from places where the heat is nowhere close to Houston. I don't have a problem with that excuse. Okay. Here's another one from six zero nine one. Hot. Dry off with $100 bills. Try pouring concrete. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You're coming into a working-class city like Houston where we're used to this heat. Don't give me excuses about throwing a football because your hand's wet. Kidding me? How many times have I told, have said this, too? If you really wanted to capitalize on the home field, make other teams play in this. You could practice in it. You could prepare for it. And then it could be a gauntlet for teams coming in here to try and play in it with their yeah. sweaty centers. I mean, they, they, they probably wanted to with the roof. But they wouldn't they, let it happen with but then they butchered it. Because isn't the story isn't the reason why the roof's not open is because when the when they open it the sunlight blow is like right into oh, it's the, the most season ticket holders. In the, the most ticket holders in the suites the they suites. had to put awnings on the suites yeah. because it was coming into the suites. Whoever did it from an engineering perspective, they didn't really pay attention to which sideline got the sunshine and the Texan sideline was the one getting the direct sunlight and all those things became major issues. Uh, I, I, for one, as someone who goes to watch the Texans, I don't mind that they're inside. <laughs> Same. I'm calling Stroud and Slowick uh, saying that they have silly excuses. I'm like, yeah, it's fine that that roof is closed. Would you tweet the fact that Janice McNair has a building with a roof that should have air conditioning <laughs> and that everybody should get it? A four three seven. They literally play indoors in air conditioning. It's no excuse. Well, they're, they're I mean, they're outside right now. And I, look, it probably shouldn't be a factor. I just don't like making excuses. I, that's part of it. Like, hey, Stroud is a rookie. He's learning. He's he's going to get better. Stop saying, stop covering up reasons of why he is struggling. Just own it. Uh, 3780. Just keep in mind it was not CJ that said that. That's a great point. That's a great point. I'm happy that it came from Slowick and not CJ. And I'm even going to give Joe some, uh, his point too. Like Slowick doesn't talk to the media much. Maybe this is like an early gaffe in his media career. Maybe he'll be fine down the stretch. I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. The other thing though, it's at a time when excuses are going to be expected. So they're going to be tolerated a whole lot more from the fan base. Should be from the co- from everybody. I think right. they're desperate to have a winner. I, I think you're more willing to like make excuses because for excuses cloud. because like, hey, I want to win so bad because of the cloud. Because of the clout? Oh, the, the black cloud. cloud. Yeah, black for cloud. sure. I think yeah. that plays a factor in it too. Uh, the Texans have re-signed a player today. 
they've given a new contract to a player, I should say. Yeah, it's not it's not an Did extension, it? is yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, they've 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 given Steven Nelson a raise. So I guess the uh the squeaky wheel uh, does get the grease. Steven Nelson who said don't trust a guy who wears a vest, basically I'm paraphrasing on Instagram. Uh, has agreed to a new deal that will pay him $6.5 million per Aaron Wilson. So uh, the Texans give Steven Nelson a raise after he complained about not getting enough money. And the Texans, who have a little bit of a surplus in 2023, they they give him a bit of a raise. That's kind of interesting. I saw the big boy follow this up on uh, Twitter with stats about Steven Nelson's so far training camp performance in terms of two interceptions and other details that are completely you don't. It, uh, that doesn't do it for you. Training camp stats don't do no, it for you. They really don't. <laughs> but you not know a what? Thing. That doesn't. That doesn't. I mean, move the needle for you. No. But if you want to make them stute servations, go right ahead. But I mean, the bigger thing was Stevie Nelson played well for this team last year. Stevie Nelson's going to be a guy they're going to count on this year. I like the fact that they took care of him and they were and, and Nick was able to see past the vest comment. Yeah. Get the deal done with a veteran that was pretty helpful last year. I, I like that aspect of it that Casario didn't let emotion yep. play a part. Like I, I'm cool with that. Now, is it good business if you have a surplus of money to give your players raises? It's only for this year. Right. But how does, like, if this is a philosophy, one, how do other players respond to this? Like, what if there was a Steven, and there's not currently, but what if there was a Steven Nelson comparison at the wide receiver position that also wanted more money? Nelson, you know, speaks up, and now you're bumping him up in salary, and the receiver's like, is that what I had to do? Well, Steven Nelson did tweet after Tunsil got paid that there was another extension coming. Like, he alluded to that. So it seems like they've been in talks for a while, and I think maybe they just met on this was but, the middle but, ground. Sure, but that doesn't really answer the question, though. Like, do you think it is good business from a cap perspective for the Houston Texans to be giving raises to their players in the final year of a deal? Yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay. It's, I mean, look, if, if, if they're not going to use that cap elsewhere, then you might as well. Like, you might as well reward a player for playing well. But are you just wasting money? Yeah, but it's not my money, so I don't care. Like, would it make sense for Jim Crane, who's in the final? Like, uh, Hector Neris right now is in the final year of his deal. The Astros, I don't know how much with the trade, they're under the competitive balance tax. It's probably not even legal at this time of year. Like, if Jim Crane was just like, yeah, Neris, you're having a good year. We're going to give you an extra $5 million. I don't know if that's great business. Maybe that's not great business, but if you're a guy that's playing on that team, especially if you're not, your contract is in the same situation, I think you like it because you say you got an owner that's willing to, 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 to take care of his players when they're doing well, and most owners wouldn't. I think where it can help you and where it can be good business is if you have intentions to re-sign them. Mm-hmm. Like, let's 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 get the contract negotiations, let's get the relationship in a good spot. Like, Stephen Nelson, you're in the final year of, his, of your deal. You're unhappy with the figure that you have. So we're going to table contract extension talks for now, but we want to have a good relationship with, with you. We want to operate in good faith. We're interested in doing a deal with you at the end of the season. And as a token of our appreciation and to show you that we're operating at a good faith, we're going to put our money where our mouth is and we're going to boost you up $2 million. I think it could be good business from that vantage point. But I also think you're potentially causing some issues with other well, players I, I, who I also want raises. That, yeah, if you don't do this for everybody, there's going to be problems with guys that think, no matter what you think of them, think they should be next. But I also think that there's something to be said about the way, same way we talk about a player's coach or a player's manager. The fact that you start talking about a general manager that really wants to focus on taking care of his own and taking care of his own players, that will have a positive ripple effect with with not only just players, yeah. but with agents. Like what if Mr. Gal came into this door right now? 
and Joe's watching him, and you see him come him come in as well. And he's like, you know what, Branham, you're in the last few months of your deal. We're gonna give you a hundred and fifty percent raise. How do you feel about that? I mean, actually, first first reaction would be, yeah. What about me? Exactly. But Joe? then the second reaction would be, well, if he's willing to do that for Jeremy, I, I hope I'm next in line. And Nelson was outspoken. So, like, if I'm another player in that organization and I don't like the figure that I have, I'm sending out an Instagram, like, a tweet or an Instagram post, and I'm saying never trust a guy with a vest emoji. Like, that's how he got a raise. Like, I don't, I don't, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So that if I'm mean, being completely that means honest. I'm hitting social media that night and I'm, I'm just starting to fire shots. It seems like that's how you get yeah. a raise. Yeah. This doesn't make sense to me. If I'm being completely, like, the more I think about this, the more it does not make sense. I don't, I don't mind it. If, 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 if Mr. Gal came in here, Joe or, or Blankers, we're going to give you X amount of race. I'm like, where's mine? Like, what do I need to do? Like, that, that, it's weird. It's weird to me. Especially, especially with a guy that I don't think they're going to have interest in re-signing him. Like, See, he's 31 that, that, years that's old. That's the bigger thing. I mean, if you're doing this with the intentions of it's a precursor to what I haven't really spent as much time as you would like me to trying to do what you want me to do, but if I do this, knowing that I'm still going to focus on that at some point, it makes a lot of sense. Because, again, you're trying to take care of it before you really truly try to get what the player wants or at least work towards a, an amicable deal for the long term. But if you're not bringing him back after this year, weird. I guess you're just trying to do him a solid and hope that agents see that as it's a way be. that you're going to be a general manager that takes care of players. You, is there you any- have to be thinking of it as an investment, is, to, to something in the future. Is there anything yes. to just... Pay the guy just so he stops complaining. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what I just thought of because I, I thought where you were going here. Okay, so S- Stephen Nelson, his agent's not Mulligetta. I, I was looking to see if his agent was Mulligetta because that's one way to like keep the whole relationship happy, right? Like if if now Stephen Nelson's not a Mulligetta guy, so it doesn't matter. But if you were taking care of a Mulligetta guy with the intentions of hey, we we want to make sure that we're in good faith whenever it comes to C.J. Stroud. But the Texans used to be an organization like as recently as two years ago that they were cutting guys whoever they were outspoken. Like if you if you said anything negative about Jack Easterby, there's a good chance you were cut. Now you say something negative about Nick Casario, we're going to give you a raise. It's weird to me. The only thing I would say about Nelson is that he obviously was unhappy at least a little bit. He did show up to you know the mandatory mini camps, training camps. Like he he is here. So like he did show a little bit of good faith on his end too. He did his like, part. That's true. I'm not, I'm not going to not show up. I'm not going to hold out. I'm going to be there and practice. So like he kind of showed that good faith on his end as well. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, we'll talk about Slowick's complexity of the offense uh, on another day. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Stephen Nelson hijacked our segment. Uh, Will's of bits is coming up next. Let's see what the will has in store for us. Let's see what Joe George has in store for us. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It's time for random question. Here's Joe and Jeremy. And Joe. <laughs> I got it? I caught random. It's time for random question. Or in. I don't know if I heard the S. Yeah, I feel like the robot left the S off. Yeah, see? So oh, I heard so it was really no well, yeah. so I heard it really well. I heard it's time for random, and I couldn't make up the last word. So you said questions? Yeah. Is it, so we have more than one? Right now we have one question. Okay. So Kyle Tucker so did a, uh, a Reddit today. Oh, it'll cover the whole segment. Okay. Kyle Tucker did a Reddit today for MLB officially, the MLB official Reddit account, and he got asked this question. Who was the best and worst teammate to be stuck on a deserted island with? From a survival point of view, 
Okay, so you got to survive. His worst answer was, do you want to guess? Mm, yeah, uh, I do want to guess. Joel's bad at this game. So you shut your mouth. You was, it, was it a current teammate? I'm bad at who's he, sitting. Both, both were current He gave teammates. two answers? Who current best, Astro best that would and be. worst. Okay. So the worst at survival? On an island. Just on an island. For an, I mean, we're talking about Astros right now. Yeah. Who did Kyle Tucker say? Abreu? No. Nope. I'm going to go. He's the, we're going, you're going best or worst? I was going worst. Yeah, let's do worst first. All right, so worst first. There's somebody that like can't do anything. Like They can't cook. They can't. Ooh. They can't like kill. Like you I mean you're surviving. You got to kill an animal. I know who looks the part. Sorry, Peta. I know who looks the part. Who looks the, for the worst? <laughs> yeah. Who? Jake Myers. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. That's not what he said, but that might be a good answer. Yeah. I mean, you just think about it. Hey, Jake, you got to try and make fire That's out of sticks. Huh? Yeah. Well, Chad should be the opposite way, like in a bro way. You mean we're yeah. not we're not using those as glow sticks to have at the club, dude? Was it not Chaz? Chaz was the answer. I, I knew it. He yeah. said he said Chaz would be the worst. No, not sure he'd survive. That's hilarious. And then now, who do you think he said for the, I, the reason that I went Chaz though is because they were they were doing like one of those like bases loaded things shows, and they said that he couldn't cook. So like that's why I went Chaz because I, I you kind of went Chaz. You kind of you kind of that was baited gonna, Joe into I mean, his first name. Answer. I said oh, okay. first name. I said I'm gonna say again. I'll just. Oh, this one's tough. Go to the forefront. Jordan. Ah, uh, yeah, but because Jordan's going to go and he'll wrestle a bear. He's going to kill with his hands. Yeah, he'll kill with his hands. He, he's strong. See, I have I have like three guesses immediately that jump out to mind. The first one's like the quarterback of the team, the jack of all trades. He does everything. Not well, but does everything. Oh, doobie. Mar- I was thinking Martin oh, Maldonado. I, oh, Maldonado like, except he does everything. He's going to find a way to get done. I was thinking maybe Ryan Presley because, you know, he's kind of uh, an everyday man, it seems like. And then Ryan Stanick was my other guess. Mm. Was it any of those people? It was not. It was none of those people. Oh, because we don't, I, don't, I didn't know this about this player. He said Brantley would be the best. The guy knows how to fish oh. so we can eat as well. Mm. So he went with fishing instead of hunting. Yeah. That's where my, I wouldn't have guessed that Brantley was a fisher so, either. Random question. So Brantley was the best, and Chaz was the worst. So Tucker kept it in the outfield. Yep. So and is, is it fair to use Brantley as a teammate? He's on the good question. He's on the roster. Just injured list. <laughs> Just nitpicking. So now it's our turn. Who would be the best and worst teammate at ESPN 97.5 to be stuck on a deserted island with from a survival point of oh, view? I know the I know the worst. I do too. <laughs> Wait, look, it's Jake. I mean, I don't think I Jake's don't, the worst. Oh my god. Why do you think Jake's the worst? You don't have enough time. <laughs> you don't have enough. You literally don't have enough time in like, this segment. I, I there's one that's worse. He's from New York, so like, you know, they probably didn't have a backyard. I actually don't know where he's from in New York, so he could actually be a Jersey kid technically. I think he's like, from uh, Long Island. Yeah, I just, Jake doesn't seem like the the making fire, hunting, fishing. Just doesn't seem up his category. But he knows his way around an umbrella. Well, that's yeah. I don't I don't know that reference. His dad, his dad, dad umbrella. umbrella. Oh, duh. I mean, you got to go with, like, don't you have to go with Paul or BK? I was going to, I go Paul immediately. Oh, you know what? You're right. I went Paul immediately. The Twitch, the Twitch thrown in some Beaky. But I'm going Paul for, like, Paul the was worst? in here the other day talking about how he doesn't like fast food. Doesn't like Shipley's. Like, the dude's going to be looking for bougie food on this island where all you can eat is, like, squirrels. Yeah, like, go on with and bugs and, and bugs yeah. and leaves. Yeah, like, Paul's not going to be, like, help me survive on this island at all. He's going to be looking for bougie food they can't find. Like I, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, Paul. Wait, wait, wait. BK's close though, man. Like Jake's a good yeah, guess too. No, no like we uh, have some, ter- we have some really good bad options. Yeah, there's a lot of, and bad we have, options. we have very bad good options. Well, and, and look, do we have to throw Granado in the mix? 
No, like, Granado's experience. He's going to figure a way. Would he do anything, or would he just make you do everything? Yeah, but I might need that leadership. Okay. He, he might. <laughs> he might be able to, through experience, think you through some things. Exactly. Like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not dismissing. Uh, I'm not including Granado in this my conversation. Concern, Lance is going to give you effort the first go round. He's going to yeah. break some. My, my concern. Point. With His yeah. injury concern. Yeah, is he's going to get injured real quick. My concern with Granado is that we're going to be stuck on this deserted island, <laughs> and he's going to try to make a makeshift golf club and hit coconuts into the ocean. Yeah, but if you're surviving to play Sand golf, trap shot. you're surviving. He's That's just hitting thing. bunker shots yeah. on the beach. Yeah. But if but if he's doing that, that means he's surviving, and I think he is going to find a way to do that. So it means you're surviving. B. Hannon brings up a great point. Y'all call Asman the red weasel. A weasel can survive. Hmm. It's a great point. I, I, now that I really think about more, I'm going Paul. I think Paul's the answer. Now, now, uh, okay, let I me. Think, I'm gonna, I, I, think it's, I think it's BK. See, that's where I'm, I was about to change it. Because, yeah. like, at least Paul's an athlete. Yep. I, I thought BK throw exactly. and changed everything to me. Like, Paul, Paul's going to complain about eating the squirrel because he wants bougie food. But Paul's got some athleticism. Whereas Beaky, I, I, I've never seen Beaky swing a club. I've never seen him swing a bat. But you know what? I have seen him do. Throw. I've seen him throw. I've seen him throw a baseball. Yep. And I don't believe that anybody that throws a baseball like that's going to help me kill a squirrel. <laughs> Paul, Paul's going to kill a squirrel with me. I'm going to change my answer to Beaky. Yeah, yeah I think he's going to miss the squirrel. If by it's not, feet. if it's not yeah. my easy first answer, then it would be Beaky. I'm going Beaky. All right. So who's the best one? This is tough. I don't know. I, yeah. Okay, you know Paul, I, Paul's got the best athletic. If like if we're say, dismissing our show, Paul's like, got the best athleticism. I don't like my chances either. Here's like, the thing: like, if the I was going to pick one person to go on, like on to go on Survivor and win, I'm, it's going to be the person I'm going to pick for best. I'm taking Mapes. I need someone to make. Well, me I didn't know laugh. we were counting. Oh, yeah, I was going to take Andrew. <laughs> I'm in. Am I not in the conversation here? I thought you were just you know engaging in the conversation. I didn't know you were in the player pool. I think I'd take Andrew. <laughs> Because of his amazing but good all, looks, he's going to he's going to court the squirrel. Because I don't think what's he, he, <laughs> he going to do if he can't find a chicken? <laughs> I think I think he's athletic. He is athletic, yeah. And, and I don't think you got to overfeed him when it, just to get him by. And, and I think that he's capable of helping you in any situation. Man, like this is like we don't have a good good option. Period. Um, I didn't know we were counting the producers. What would PC do? I don't know. I don't like my chances. Okay. You know, PC, I think PC is going to get you a fire going, and PC is going to know how to cook that exotic animal. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's going to help you catch the animal. You don't think he's going to share it? I think yeah. I think, no, PC's a nice guy. Okay. He'll share. Yeah. He's, I mean, he, he'll, he'll, he'll share. I, I probably got to go Granado. Just the sage, the wisdom was once a good athlete. I think he's got some know-how. I don't disagree. With and that. he's got connections. Yeah, he might be firing up some kind of communication to get a helicopter from one of his golf buddies to come pick you up. Yeah. I think that's big. Yeah. Like, if anybody's going to get a helicopter sent to them to pick you up, it's, it's probably Johnny Granado. G. Yeah. So, I got to go Granado as the best chance to survive. And I'll go after talking it out, Beaky. Beaky is the one. Although, I don't really like Jake's chances to survive. No, yeah. I'm going worse, Paul. Yeah. Best. I'm taking Mapes. I'll stick Paul's with Paul's an producers. athlete, though, man. I'm just worried that Paul's too bougie for the island. Producer is definitely the answer. Yeah, but he already has the wardrobe that fits the island. He's got the <laughs> Hawaiians and the shorts and the no socks and the slip-ons. Somebody said Glenn Davis in the Twitch. I mean, like, it's not a bad call. I, I think Glenn didn't have to eat a there. lot. You know, Glenn's tough too. Yeah, I mean, which soccer players aren't right? That's not that they flop around all the time. <laughs> no, Glenn is tough. Glenn's Glenn's a good one. Yep. Uh, Junior Broncos, Dell would just complain the whole time. That's true. <laughs> what would you look like in a in an island trying to survive? I think I'd be all right. Could you start a fire? Yeah, I think I could start a fire. I've never done it, 
Now I've started fire, but I've had help. I've had you know the lighter, thing like that. I think I could. I think I could get a fire going. Hunting would be weird. Like I'm I think not, I could fish. I can fish, but the problem is you have to like make your own right line. rod or line. Probably or, you're probably not going to do rod. Probably just line or if you're, a spear. If you're going to be able to spear? like spear them in the shallow water, could you make a spear though? Like, do you have anything with you? Do you have a knife? You can make a spear yeah. with no knife. If you just shave down the wood on some yeah, on you, some rock, yeah, you can find okay. a way. Yeah, you can make it pointed enough. I like Blanker's chances. Look at look at I mean, that, that's, this and that's you valuable said, insight, right? You there. said that's we couldn't insight. take guys. No, from we, our yeah, show. we're limiting yeah. our show. But I do like I like your chances. I, I think if. If we didn't have to talk, I'm probably taking you as my as my. Sir. I think I'd be all right. <laughs> uh, do you ever watch that show alone? No, What's that? it's um, uh, it's kind of this concept. Um, I, I've watched very little of it on Netflix. I usually fall asleep like 15 minutes in, but they it's like a contestant of like 10 people. They have like this isolated area of land. They do it at different like parts of the world, like Alaska in the winter, and they make it very difficult for you. And they 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 get like these biggest hunters, the biggest survivalists, or whatever, and they they put them in. 10 different spots in this huge acreage of land with like water, you know, sometimes it's snowy conditions. There's sometimes there's bears and they allow them to bring three items. Like most people pick knives or whatever and they just start and then they immediately like build their own shelter. They have to eat for food and you can tap out whenever. And and how long does you, are you supposed to stick this thing out? I think it's, uh, I don't know exactly because I don't watch the show close enough. I watch very casually 15 minutes at a time before I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But you can tap out. Like, if you're done, you tap out. But in order so to the, win it. You have to be the last survivor. Okay. Now, I think that there might be, like, you make it 100 days. If there's two, you split, maybe. But the element is you're the lone survivor, and you outlast everybody else. Because then they do this with celebrities where they had Piazza and Dwight Howard and all the, and they, and they did, like, um, SEAL training stuff. Yeah, where I do they, remember they, that casually. They also could tap out. Yeah. Yeah, this is it's pretty it's an interesting concept. Now it's really slow and boring at times. Probably why I don't make it through it. Yeah. Uh eight four three seven Noah Chipotle for no, no Chipotle for Jake. He ain't surviving. Uh four nine nine five. Didn't Lance grow up or his family have a farm in Kansas or something like that? Sounds more BK than it would be. Yeah, didn't Lance, I mean, Lance was a, a son of a coach. Yeah, so Lance's probably dad was the offensive line coach for U of H and the Cardinals, the Steelers. Uh, two two eight four BK can fish at least, so you'll eat. But he's got to make the line. Do we know that? He, he said so. Uh, how is Lance not the worst? He'll either break an ankle tripping on driftwood or catch COVID. Oh, seven four seven zero Booker T will be the oh, best. Oh, great call. Oh, yeah, I mean, we're great call. Booker's number one. Yep, great call, know, man. He hits a two hundred off the tee. I don't know if I can trust somebody who hits a two hundred off the tee. <laughs> Are you gonna tell him to his face that you wouldn't take him. No, absolutely there you not. go. That's I'm, why you take him. I'm scared. That's why five you take time, him. five time, five time. Did you ever see Booker T's blooper reel on WCW? No. Google it. It's hilarious. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. The HRP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. The Astros are in the Bronx tonight. What do we want to see for the Astros in this four game series, and also this seven game stretch going up against the Yankees and the Baltimore Orioles and Justin Verlander has been seen in an Astro uniform at Yankee Stadium today. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Suavemente, besame, que quiero sentir tus labios besándome Hey, Houston, you're live Suavemente, in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You know what this song means? Cristian Javier. Christian L. What do they call him? The Reptilia. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I love this song. I love Javier Pitchin. You may dance sh- to this? I don't dance. I don't have a musical bone in my body. They, uh, 
the bosses here told me once to stop singing on the air. So you don't cut rug and shake a tail feather or something like that. No, no, I'm very, I'm very uncool, very, very boring. I didn't see that coming. Um, yeah, Christian Javier on the mound tonight and his cool song, seven and two record, four twenty two ERA. Clark Schmidt counters him for the Yankees, seven and six. Don't, 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 don't. don't. They used to stay up. Rest of the segment. Uh, I'm just kidding. Schmidt, I don't want to seven and six, four thirty nine ERA. I don't want to Schmidt on him, but <laughs> I. I just I don't want to say anything to jinx it because I know what should happen, but I'm not saying it. It's going better for Schmidt than it is Domingo Herman. Well, you know, Schmidt happens. Yeah, but somebody didn't like me taking shots at Domingo Herman earlier. I apologize. Who had the no Absolutely nobody. Herman had a perfect game. Yeah, that's right. So Herman had a perfect game the start after he gave up 10 runs. Who was? What Herman's did, had an unbelievable season. Was it Doc um, Doc Ellis who said that he threw a no-hitter while completely on, high? I think he was on Coke, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. LSD? Doc Ellis. Oh, it was LSD. It was LSD. Yeah. Yeah. It was LSD. Yep. And there you go. And now you got another pitcher, which we don't know if if he did or not. Probably not. If, and we probably shouldn't be making light at this, the texture's going to be really mad at us. If you're putting together a rotation full of guys who have had alcohol issues and we hope them. We hope the best. Yankees probably had the best rotation. Steve pitched for both the Yankees and the Dodgers. Right? Did he have an alcohol thing? Ooh, so boy. there you go. He's in the rotation. But he look had at a the, lot have, of chemicals. They have CC Sabathia. Yeah. They have David Wells, and now they have the perfect gamer and Domingo Herman. And then, what'd you say his name was? Steve Howe. That's a pretty good rotation. Is there another rotation in baseball that is as good? With their alcoholics as the New York Yankees. I mean, the Red Sox did at one point drink during games. Josh Beckett. Beckett was beer and wings Spring in the high. dugout, right? What's up, Josh Beckett? It was beer and wings in the in the clubhouse. Was it beer and wings? I thought it might have been beer and fried chicken. I think it was I fried it was chicken. Wings. Okay, I, I thought it was But I mean, I mean, it's the same, I mean, same, yeah. same animal. Yeah, you're pretty close. Now, there's a guy who I would like to be on an island with that I like my chances Josh Beckett? to survive. Absolutely. Josh Beckett's going to get some things it's done on that dude. island. It's a big dude. Yeah, he is a big dude. Uh, the Astros lineup is out today, by the way. Who was the chick that was on like MTV or something like that, that while Josh Beckett was at the height of his Josh Beckett days, he was either dating or married to? I don't remember. That was pretty extraordinary. Was it Jenny McCarthy? No. Because Jenny McCarthy and Carmen Electra, what was their show that they did? They had one? Yeah, there was like, I think it was, it was like their big show like during the day. I can't remember what it was like, called. Like, was it Total Request? No, Live it wasn't. Or? It was that was Total uh, TRL. TRL. Because that's a Carson Daly show. Right? Yeah, it wasn't TRL. They had another popular show on MTV during the time, and then I think uh, I think she replaced Jenny McCarthy. Um, did you used to watch TRL? Yeah. Oh, yeah. TRL? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to race home to watch that day's countdown. It was yep. awesome. Yeah. Now it's like no one would do that. <laughs> no, if there was a TLR nowadays. Uh, but the Astros lineup. Altuve at second, Pena at short, Tucker in right. Bregman at third, Jordan on the DH, Abreu at first, Chaz in left, Myers in center, Maldonado catches. The Astros starting nine against Clark Schmidt. Okay. So no uh, no Yiner, which I mean, yeah, I don't, we kind I don't of like that. that, but okay. We assume that with Javier on the right. mound. I think if if I told you this he right now. DH'd. Yeah, he could have, but Jordan's DHing. Okay. So, like, this is, I think this is your best lineup if Maldi's catching over Diaz and Jordan has to DH. Quite frankly, I think we should be seeing more Jake Myers than Corey Jolks. If the decision's Corey Jolks and Jake Myers, I think you got to start going with Jake Myers more. Quite frankly, Jake Myers has outproduced Corey Jolks on the season, by the way, not just recently. Uh, Jake has a better OPS than Corey Jolks does on the season. And then Jake plays better defense. So, like, I think you need to see Jake more than Corey. Go Cougs. I hate that I'm saying that. 
Um, if I if if I told you this right now, do you take this deal? Martin Malt because the Astros are going to a six man rotation. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be Fromber, Verlander, Javier, Brown, France, or Keaty. If I told you right now, Maldonado is going to catch Fromber, Verlander, Javier, but Yiner is going to catch France, Urquidy, and Brown, would you agree to that deal? France, Urquidy, and Brown. So it's a 50 50 yeah, split. Yeah. yeah, I'll take it. I think, don't you have to? I, I think you have to because Dusty's going to do what he's going to do anyway. Dusty's not going to give Yiner a fourth one. Like, Dusty's right. going to give Maldi those right. top three, no matter what. So if I if I was offering you that deal right now, you'd be foolish not to take that deal right now. Right, I'd because you know that you, you get better it. offense on those deals. And he has, he's had results, and he's gotten some things done with the guys that he's worked with and the guys that he's known more, too, like Brown, like uh, France. So I'm totally fine with that because it, at least you guarantee – a 50-50 split as opposed to a year ago when you were sitting there wondering why you made the trade at all at the deadline for a guy that wasn't going to play behind Maldi. You have to do that deal. You have to do that deal. Leanne Tweeden, by the way, she was she was really popular for a while, too, when uh, Josh Beckett was. That was Josh Beckett's uh, ex-girlfriend. Didn't she do some sports she did Fox. TV? Yeah, she did Fox Sports. Yeah, so she, she wasn't on MTV. She's but, radio and did TV. Did she do uh, Best Damn Sports Show? Maybe. She might have done Best Damn as well, but she was definitely Fox Sports. But not, so she wasn't MTV, though. No. Uh, oh, okay. I don't think so. Some people are saying that show is called Singled Out on MTV. It was a dating show. I didn't remember the name. but there you I go. remember watching that one. I remember it. I just remember it. I like, watched a lot of bad MTV dating shows. See, I think I would I think I would see like the promos for it as I watched TRL. My favorite was The Next. Challenge, Real World. Was Next. That was on MTV? Yeah, it was like a dating show. They had like, like the... I never watched that They had one. like five people on a bus and like they would go on dates, but like the person... So it'd be like five dudes on the bus. Oh, I do out, remember. They would that. go out like one at a time. I go do on a date. remember. But that. it was awesome when the person who was like the the other person, the opposite gender, would be like next as they walked off the bus to have I, go back I, on there. Stone cold show. rejected. I do remember that show. MTV's had some terrible shows. Like you don't like Catfish. Do you like Cat? Anybody like Catfish? No, I couldn't That's get into a that terrible show. show. Like the whole what was the teenage mothers or teenage moms? Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Teen moms. That stuff was awful. Trash, trash. Couldn't watch that. Like how can a network that produces TV greatness like the Real World and the Challenge, all Real the, World, and TRL all produce the, all that garbage television? All they run now is ridiculousness <laughs> over and over and over you, again. Ridiculous besides the Challenge, underrated show. Whenever you're stuck in a hotel, I can see that. Because there are certain. What is? Under ridiculousness. No, which one? Ridiculousness. Oh, I don't know what that is. I really don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, it's got, who's got, got It's got Chanel West Coast. It's got the funny guy, and then it's got Rob, Rob Deerdeck. Rob Deer, yeah, Deerdeck's the host, but he's not the funny guy. I don't think we forgot MTV Cribs. Great MTV show. MTV Cribs is a good show. The, the, they tried Cribs to pull, was a great show. It wasn't the, the the one that they did again was not very good though. No, because they actually did it real this time. There's been people now that what say... What was the exhibit show about Pit oh, My Ride? Oh, Pit My Ride. That was pretty good. Back I love yep, those. Yep. Back in the day, that wasn't bad. Um, you know they stuck those people with the bills for that? Like, it wasn't just like you get a new car. They actually had to pay I for it. I thought West Coast Customs did it for them. They, like, did it to a certain amount, but the more, like, they pimped out the car, like, you had to pay for some of it. Wow. <laughs> If that was what's his name from the Texans who wanted the three different flavored milk machine in his car, then didn't pay for it, but then went to the lot after hours and see took it. that show was like funny, but like I was like it was also cringe though because it's like you're putting that in your car. What are you doing? Dude, like, this is a mistake. What was put, like what was PS, they put like PS2s yeah. in the back. It was like that's not even the worst thing. though. No, I know, but like who was Clowney's guy from South Carolina, the defensive back? Oh, you're talking about that had the milk machine in his truck. He had and like he, and he was like a matted he black took it. car. Yeah, he went and took it after. 
he didn't pay for it after hours. Why am I blanking on his name? He used to have a show on ESPN 97.5. Oh, did he? Clowney's dog bit him. He played for the Buccaneers after that? I think so. Yeah, he played for a couple different teams. No, he... Sweets? Swearinger. Swearinger. DJ DJ Swearinger. Swearinger. Yeah, there you go. Clowney's dog bit him. Was that right? And he had a show on ESPN. I think he did like an hour with the Blitz back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Leanne Tweeden, by the way, best I think it lasts like two days. show. Yeah, I think he no-showed him or something. And now she is Joe, a radio host in L.A. She's still doing it. Dr. Drew Midday Live on KABC in L.A. Huh. The more you know. There you go. All right, does it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He's blank on Brad. And we'll see you out tomorrow at Drift Bar. Come hang out with us. The Wheelhouse is next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.